Greetings and welcome everyone. It's All You Can Geek Gamecast episode 454. I'm one of your hosts, Jim Gast, joined by Mike Sneedy. What's up? Corey Feinside. Hey. And Tony Korkanakis. Yosh. Welcome guys, welcome listeners, viewers to 454 of the Gamecast. Coming up this week, check out the movie cast, check out our spoiler cast of Far From Home. If you have seen that already, if not, don't check out our spoiler cast yet. You know, watch it after or listen to it after. Uh, other than that, we've got a game cast of a lot of Nintendo news coming up, I think. But uh, really? yeah, pretty, yeah, I got a lot of just, not a lot, but some Nintendo news, essentially. <laughs> it's been a quiet week for gaming. Um, so let's get into what we've been up to. Mike, what have you been playing? Uh, just some Rocket League and Mortal Kombat. Nothing really new. Rocket League. Still, yeah. Wow. I always, I always go back to that every now and then. Wow. Huh. Okay. Um, Corey? Um, to be honest, like, I've not really had much desire to play video games recently. Oh, you've been playing board games more? So, yeah, I've been playing a lot more board games. Got to play a game called Detective City uh, of Angels. Did I talk about this one? I don't think I did. Right. You were playing a single-player one before with a card. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so Detective City of Angels board game, basically, in like you are a detective, like a corrupt cop, essentially, in 1930s, 40s Los Angeles. So it's got like that, you know, wise guy, um, old-school style art, and the art is amazing. And you have a person who's basically trying to lead the detectives in the wrong direction, and then you have the detectives who are all corrupt cops who basically beat up the witnesses and like pay snitches and uh, try to get clues to solve this crime in any possible way that they can. And it is a lot of fun uh, to go through that. And uh, I, I, there's and you can actually play this solo and with like a group of people or competitively or um, cooperatively. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. But I think that it's pretty neat that it's got this competitive aspect to it where you're trying to you know, beat the other detectives to get a promotion essentially before them by solving the crime first. And the and the and the the mysteries are really good. And they're well done. Uh, they make a very easy. I mean, they make it easier to kind of solve the crime uh, to, in the beginning. And then as you go through it, there's like you know ten different scenarios you can go through. Uh, and each of them, you know, get harder as you go. And so is it and like more complex, more advanced clue? Would you say like? um yes yeah yes and no definitely um like, there's deduction there's more, yeah there's definitely more going on than clue I mean, no no, no yeah I know, same same basic thing like what was the motivation what was the right. murder weapon and who was the murderer right you know, so it comes down to that the way the where, where i was going with that was if you enjoy clue you know, oh, yeah, want, like, like something that's more adult or whatever right no absolutely like, i mean if you, you think this it's kind of like um you know, escape room stuff has been really popular just because like the whole puzzle aspect to it, and this yeah. has that kind of feel to it as well as you know, you're you're going around the city of Los Angeles to um you know, not basically beat up guys to give you answers, <laughs> and then the the unique part of it, which is really neat, is the the person is called the Chisel who um is trying to <laughs> disrupt the entire thing. <laughs> Okay. Um, so I don't know why it's really funny. It's like the chisel. Uh, apparently, it's a noir term, um, not just like a standing yeah. thing you put paintings on. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but um, he, uh, so you said you go to, you know, the suspect Charlie Muggs, or whatever, and you're like, hey, um, 
I'm going to ask you about this one, like the murder, like tell me about the murder. And then the chisel has the option to give you a clue that's going to be helpful or not helpful. And so he'll gives you the option and you read it to yourself. And then you can decide like, you're not telling me the truth. I'm going to like push you further. And then if it was true, you basically give him the opportunity to like block you from asking questions. And if it's like, it was, if it was false then you really, he wasn't telling the truth. You get leverage over him where he has to give you the best answer no matter what. So it's interesting, like back and forth there where you have to decide, uh, is this guy telling me the truth or not? Like, do I push him further or do I take him on his word? And, um, so there's a lot of different, um, gameplay mechanics there that are pretty fun. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's definitely really cool. And, uh, Def would like to bring it out, you know, one day you guys play with you guys or something. Yeah. And I did play another one too called, uh, rising sun with a bunch of people that, uh, it's like a big dudes on the map, a lot of miniatures. Oh, cool. Uh, it's got like a feudal oh, Japan theme. Oh, I saw it. that at PAX. I saw that at PAX. Yeah. yeah. So I played that with uh, like five different people, and it was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the like the character, each clan, there's like the Fox clan, the Koi clan, you know, obviously Japanese themed. Uh, you have the um, Banzai clan the Lotus clan, the dragonfly clan, stuff like that. Uh, what we did, because they're asymmetrical powers, we just randomized them and just hand them out because nobody really knew. Like, there's only one person that played it before. So um, we just randomized it so nobody had an advantage. Like, oh, I'm going to take this clan because I know they're really powerful or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the Fox clan, which is a Kickstarter exclusive clan. And <laughs> apparently this clan, like, because nobody really knew how the game worked too well, um, it was really kind of overpowered. But the thing was, I was not, I was in last place the entire game. And my on is like an honor track where it, that's the tiebreakers. Whenever you battle, if it's a tie, whoever's higher honor wins. Whenever you like negotiate or stuff uh, or try to like capture zones and stuff, it's always the honor. So you follow the honor track. I was always at the bottom of the honor track because it didn't matter because I was kind of playing to that role. And um, I was always in last place with victory points. Like I think I had five victory points in the, by the last turn. Uh, and with all the different things that I've done, because um, what the Fox Clan can do is he can put characters in different zones that he's not already in right before the war phase starts. Mm-hmm. And um, so he can basically participate in every battle that takes place oh, in the, in the game. Crazy. Yeah. And so, like, you can, and there's a way to, like, if you lo- keep losing, you can gain victory points. And so, uh, what I was doing, though, was I was kind of like sneakily winning different zones. And if you have, like, sets of different zones you get these points where you get a set you get 10 points you get a second set you get 20 points you get a second set you get 30 points and so you can just like exponentially just fly past people without them like even realizing it and that's basically what i did in this in this game is right, i was so like going, going science and seven wonders yeah exactly yeah so i was just like <laughs> kind of like staying behind like oh don't look, look at me guys yeah. like you know just keep playing your game <laughs> i'm just gonna do my thing over here and then by the end game we count all our points and i was like went from like 11 points to 47 points and that won me the game because like the next guy was like 32 or 36 or something Hmm. so it was was cool it was definitely long because the the people didn't really know how to play at first but um i could see it being much more streamlined once people understand the game it was really cool uh theme wise it was awesome like feudal japan stuff and the funny thing about this game was i I probably heard tony like simon has all these kickstarter exclusive um minis they're known for the miniatures the little you know, mm-hmm. figurines for the game. And one of them, they just, they created the character and they just took it off of Wikipedia. And some guy um, 
wrote as a joke in the Wikipedia that his this like his friend he like made fun of him all the time and called him as like the demon monkey. So he named him, put like put him in, in the Wikipedia entry as a joke. And Simon looked at the Wikipedia page and pulled him out and actually created a character based off of this dude <laughs> who's not it doesn't even exist in like any uh Asian, Japanese, Chinese lore whatsoever. And uh they create a character based off of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty funny, actually. And so when they found out, they actually like they made like a joke about it and like like oh wow, we didn't realize this and gave him the a copy of the game and stuff. And nice. but like, every time I, I see that game now, I, I think of that yeah, story. It's pretty hilarious. That's okay. pretty cool. They did not vet their sources. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Tony, what have you been playing? Um, not too much new. Some more Mario Maker. Started diving oh, yeah. into um the, the match like the online um component where it's like the user uploaded levels and some of these are fucking crazy like I'm sure yeah it's insane how some of these are just so well crafted and tailored to like this experience that just makes you go like holy crap how long did it take to <laughs> make this one level put that together yeah so I, I searched for some of the harder levels and there's this one because what it'll do is like it'll show you how many times this course has been attempted and how many times it's been completed so there's this one level with like a 2% completion rate. And I was like, holy shit, like really? Okay. So I was like, let me try that. I can't back down from a challenge or at least attempting it. And the way it worked was like, I think the timer started at 20 seconds. And it's like, you got to go fast. So you literally, ha it, and it uses the um, Mario your World. Sonic shoes. Yeah. It, you use the, the Mario World mechanics. Um, so you have to build momentum. And really, literally all it is is you're jumping in you're using these switch blocks so that when you full speed momentum, you jump and you hit it, it bounces you kind of back down perfectly to a platform. So like if this is the red switch, you jump and hit it, it activates the red block. So, you know, when you come down, you hit the, the red line of blocks and you continue running and then you jump, hit the blue switch and then perfectly you'll land on it. So you gotta be wow. meticulous yeah. with your timing and stuff like that. And it got harder and harder. I'm just like, what the hell? And it's designed specifically, even if you do beat it, like you beat it with zero seconds left. Like it's just like right before it would kill you. So I did it like after like 15 minutes of attempts, I'm like, holy shit, like that's pretty crazy. Um, and like it, it's literally designed so that if you stop, if you miss a block, if you miss a jump, like you just, you can't even beat the level, just restart it. It's just <laughs> crazy. So, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Cool. Yeah. Uh, nothing new for me really, except for Dr. Mario on the phone uh, on iOS. <laughs> What is it called? Dr. Mario World? So, um, yeah. it's okay. Um, it, it's Mario. Dr. Mario. Which yeah. I haven't played in years. So I was like, oh, let me get this game when it came out. And um, it, Yeah, it, it's really funny you mention that because um, obviously I've been reading a lot of the news online today. And apparently this is the most aggressive Nintendo has gotten with one of their like uh, mobile games in terms of like, I don't know, predatory pricing. And It's been popping up like crazy. Yeah. Yes. Like, people... Pretty much compared to like Candy Crush, I'm like this is Nintendo's Candy Crush, and I'm just like, yep. Well, you know what? Fuck you, mobile gamers. This is what you get. They released Mario Run, try to be honest and earnest about it. Like, hey, you know, it's ten bucks for this game. That's it. Yeah. And people were like, fuck, I have to pay for this game. What a bunch of bullshit. It's like, all right, here you go. Fucking free to play bullshit extortion. Like, enjoy it, bitches. It. But the, yeah, it, I don't. I don't play like played Candy Crush, but the, the pop ups are just. <laughs> Your energy is restored. Yeah, it's like you want to use an item, but to use an item, you have to buy it. 
And I'm like, I don't want to use. No, I don't want to use. Oh, my, you want to keep playing? I'm sorry. You're gonna have to wait and let your stamina re- yeah, that, like, yeah. come back. There's that there's. It's just like I. The, I laughed. I. I literally. I mean, honestly, the funniest thing I saw was when it told me I wanted to use an item, but I have to buy it. And I'm like, I don't want. No, I don't want to use an item. I don't have to use an item. It's optional. Uh, gotta go to the pharmacy. <laughs> uh so yeah i don't know that, that's really it for me um new wise uh so yeah all right let's get into the news um got like i said some nintendo stuff coming up here uh i've got sword and shield news i uh, i don't know this is new uh that pokemon will have exclusive gym leaders per version um mm. i i don't know how i feel about that like the pokemon thing is normal for me i don't know if i'm upset like 100 about this one but it feels weird because it, it does make me want to then buy both versions <laughs> like yeah yeah, they couldn't get you with the Pokemon, so they had a. I, yeah, like I'd be okay just like leaders. trading Pokemon between people real quick and trading it back, but like gym leaders, I gotta beat the two different. I have to beat both gym leaders. I have to beat them both. You, I don't care. Beat catch the them all. Beat them all. Beat them you know? all. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, I mean, I get it, but you know, at the same time, it's one of those things where you go in one direction, people bitch. You go in the other direction, people bitch. Because like you know, before it's like blue and red. It's like oh, there's like. I don't know. Just making up another like, six different Pokemon that you can only get exclusively each version. That's not really enough to justify them making two different versions. Except fucking Nintendo being greedy. It's like, all right, well, now we're gonna release, you know, more Pokemon exclusive in addition to that legendary Pokemon that are exclusive in addition to that exclusive gym leaders. And now, not not saying you, Jim, but no, like yeah, online yeah. people. It's I like, wasn't upset. I was upset. Why is your exclusive stuff? I gotta buy two copies. Fucking Nintendo being greedy. It's like, okay, like, well. You know what? Just or you could not have this game at all. I yeah, mean, exactly. Like, Just yeah. make your you make could your choose not to buy it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Fire Emblem. This is a good problem to have, I guess. I mean, the director. Uh, I can't say his name. Kashukihara. Kashukihara. Mm-hmm. Um, confirms that the game uh, will be over two hundred hours long. It's eight, like eighty hours a campaign times three. That's what I'm hearing about this game. That sounds too long, doesn't it? Sort of. I mean, yeah, I would say the Fire Emblem games are usually around the 40 hour, 40 mm-hmm. to 50, depending mm-hmm. on whatever. Um, but I'm sure you could tune that to your to your liking, um, depending on you know difficulty level. If you want to use like easy or normal or hard, you know, difficulty options. It's- I mean, listen, bang for the buck, you're going to get a lot of value. I mean, oh, yeah. you can't argue yeah. that. And so knowing that this game is going to be that big, I'm psyched for this game still. I just oh, I, I, now know, I now know that I'm playing this for the rest of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. I, oh, and next year after that. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm psyched for this game. But when still, this come out? This is the um, – and this is uh, – when is this one? 27? October? 27. When? No, it's coming 26. out soon. I thought it was October. It's yeah, like it's August. Like a week week after. It's July. Yeah. Oh, oh heck, man. dude! It's like a week I after. It was like July. October. Yeah, I've been saying. Like, yeah, I thought it was like I thought it was like September October. I thought that's where yeah, we're looking. I was but. I was mentioning how like Nintendo's like, eh, well, we'll release Mario Deluxe in in January February, and it's like no, we're not gonna release anything until June. Mario Maker, July, Ultimate Alliance three, Fire Emblem three houses. August is like Astral Chain. September is Dragon Quest eleven and. Uh, Luigi's Mansion, I'm sure, is like October or some shit. Yeah, like, what yeah. The fuck, like yeah, it's like just dump everything. These three, uh, Link's Awakening is in September as well. So like, just dump all these games in this like three month oh, period. It's like it's Jesus, it's... yeah. Uh, wow, I gotta get some. Ga- I gotta get some Switch stuff going. Oh. Here. <laughs> um, I got. I got a. Um, I got a lot to do. Ultimate Alliance. <laughs> I got a lot to do. 
Alliance is done one week, man. One week. I know. I knew Ultimate Alliance is the nineteenth. I'll be getting that. So no, sixteenth. No. No, it's not. It's I, think, I think it's the 19th. It's the 19th. It's a Friday. It's a oh, it's Friday. Friday. Yeah. Oh, I got yeah. that one right. 20, um, I was thinking 26 for Fire Emblem. Because yeah, I know it was like a week later. It's like, wait. Yeah. And uh, lastly, on the Nintendo front, we have them um, looking into using 5G tech for their new uh, Switch revision, which is interesting to hear. Sweet. That would be really cool. I, 5G's coverage is got some issues, I think, right now, but uh, it's expensive. It'll get better. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if it'll be on this. This won't be on this version, without a doubt. If we get it, we're going to get another one this year, I think, uh, but we're not getting it on this version. So uh, maybe another year, probably two years before 5G is really more mainstream, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know. But it's interesting they're looking at this because the Switch would be uh, unstoppable with some sort of cellular interface with it. It also would be insanely priced, like expensive for people uh, for their cell data. But um, hopefully with 5, 5G is supposed to be like how fast it is. They have to give us more data caps like they, they have to. Um, so but we'll see. Um, but it's interesting they're doing that. Uh, and then I also have uh, Last of Us Part 2 leaked. Looked like it's going to be February, Corey. February, not this yeah, year. This. As Tony and I both said, <laughs> not this year. Uh, I think we all agreed that. It was... I thought you said this end of this year. I thought you were saying it's coming fall. Yeah, earlier, yeah, but once stuff like came out that I, I do believe, like before around E3, we we're saying that yeah, it doesn't look like it's happening this year. I, no, there's, I mean, nothing for it so far at all, and just that does not bode well. But I could see February. That makes sense. Maybe March. This could be the March. The guy month. that leaked this also leaked the. Um, Days gone, release date, and everything. Yeah, so it's it's pretty credible. So, yeah, seems um, like yeah. You know. And then this is kind of a mini topic: Is GameStop really dying? I like the name of this article I got, I found uh, because they're doing terrible right now. So uh, I thought we'd talk about GameStop because I love to talk about GameStop, um, <laughs> as you guys have known. But um, it, it's an interesting thing. Like their sales are way down. They become a game store, essentially. Not game store. I'm a toy store, um, and. Is there are they relevant anymore in this industry? Do we see them turning this around? Uh, is there a place for them still? Are they the blockbuster? Are they com becoming blockbuster now? So, yeah. uh, I mean, the thing is, it's unfortunate because I, I think GameStop has a place in the market, um, and without it, I think there's going to be um, some hurt. Whether you know some is going to be more apparent and some are going to be less apparent um, because you know. Uh, one of the usual things is like, oh, you can always get more money if you actually sell it like eBay or Craigslist and all that. Like, yeah, okay, I get that. But you know what? I don't want to deal with that bullshit. I don't want to bother taking pictures, listing it on fucking eBay, waiting for it to sell, and then putting it in a box, making you sure know, that it's a convenience fee. There's a conven yeah, there's, yeah. I, I like just going there to trade my yeah. stuff in. I just like I mean, the, other, the other side of that is like where you're not going to be able to go to a brick and mortar store to buy used games either if you want to buy a used game and get like those deals on like two for one or right. you know, whatever or two buy two get one free or something. That's something what I mean. Like, there. is that it's yeah, definitely not a good thing if yeah. it goes to under up, but they're, they're, I mean, they're hurt. They lost 673 million dollars last year. Um, the problem is, they, is you got like the Walmarts and the Targets and you know, the yeah, Amazons okay. of the world that are just. Killing them, mm -hmm. they gotta just keep pushing their sort of secondary sales and their membership. Think that's what they're doing. I mean, that's why there's pop figures galore know. there. Uh, but like the thing that I think uh, stands out the most about this is um, I lost my train. I thought I was going to do that, but they, they, the thing is, is like they're what can they do to correct this? Like what 
Well, I mean, I think we see that when they're trying to incorporate more physical items and game toys and stuff. Like, obviously, there's a bit of a void there now that Toys R Us, although it might be coming back in some form. But that's what I heard today. Yeah. Um. The, so I mean, they want to make it more of like a culture place than just like this is where you can buy games since you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so many other places. Yeah, in my mind, like I'm not sure if it's a good thing or not, but. In my mind, like I, I kind of think that they have to kind of morph themselves into almost like a hot topic esque store, where it's like more like you know, like geek culture or nerd culture or whatever. Where it's like, you know, and I know they have it to some degree, but like you know, board gaming, uh, collectible, like like not just. To- I mean, you could have like the you know the, the toys for kids, but like yeah. you know, have the toys for like adults and stuff too, like stuff you wouldn't find in the Walmart. Or right. Yeah. Walmart. I mean. <laughs> that's what they have to change. I think that's why we're seeing so much more merchandise in their stores. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, the, the way that you have to look at it is eventually digital media. Like I mean, digital um, digital media is going to take over. Uh, discs going to be going away it, eventually. It, not soon, but it will yeah. happen. Uh, yeah. And you know, and I, I think they also need to make sure that they are now definitely giving the best deals for like buying used games or you know for their members. They need they need to have better incentives because it's it's always been a joke pretty much the credit mm-hmm. they give you for what you hand in to them and uh, not, like, credit wise i mean just, i think that it's hard to compete with amazon where you can just sit in your basement press, press yeah, a button and a day well, later I mean, you have obviously, something obviously in your hand there's something you got to do well, if you go then, anywhere yeah i mean yeah but there's and half the time is cheaper i mean that's the thing I know. GameStop well, is always the most expensive option they got to make themselves not they gotta make right, and that's what they need. They have but to. Their margins, to their, their margins are so much smaller than the other places because of the volume they order. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, that that's what's killing them. They can't keep up with the big stores. Um, they also, I think, this may not. I, there is no way. I honestly, like, there will be. It, it could just go the way of Sam Goody. Like, it's going to be the way it's going to work. It, there was no place for Sam Goody anymore. And we see this a little bit in some of their stores too. But I think they should definitely go into more retro stuff like i know they have some stuff but they should become a place where if you want to find and buy stuff that's only physical that only exists that way like you know some rare nes card or something like that like it might they be in GameStop. yeah like what? or or accessories or something someone yeah. wants to play like a, a dreamcast yeah. like mm-hmm. an actual dreamcast like have a vmu yeah, <laughs> for sale at GameStop. Yeah, like, you're honestly, good. yeah, you're honestly right, and and I think a lot of that is going to have to do with uh, unfortunately, um, I don't know, shrinking pain. Where I just think GameStop expanded too much because you know, as you look from the the '90s and the late '90s, the you know early '00s and the teens, yeah, like game was just growing, and it was disc based games growing, growing, growing. It was like expanded. You know, the always, the joke was like there was always like what two or three per there mall. There were three in my mall yeah. at one point. Yeah. You know, there, stuff like that. And just, <laughs> yeah, and it's like now, like now in the year twenty nineteen, it, it's just not sustainable. So what I think is they need to concentrate on less stores, but make each store, you know, obviously have that higher revenue, and you could do that, you know, with all the stuff we're mentioning. Um, but also, you know, like I would say, like you know, you need to have some marquee stores that are almost like a different clientele. Uh, you know, for lack of better words, where it's like maybe you have a GameStop that can like host like, um, you know, gaming tournaments, you know, like Madden's always a big deal, you know, mm-hmm. throw Madden tournaments in, in football season, stuff like that. You yeah, just class get, it up a little bit. Class it up a little bit, like have like, you know, big entertainment, you know, TVs and stuff like that. Just right now, it just feels too much like of a, of a 
of a trashy location, you know? And it's just like it's I, almost like a corner store that's like low lit and it's like you don't really like yeah. most of them are just like stuck in like a little space. It's like yeah. crowded, everything's like looks dirty. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to point to things like um you know, stuff like uh, just uh, easiest example on my head is like McDonald's, you know, uh, when people started shifting away from McDonald's fast food and like they started to realize like, oh, why aren't people coming? And they're like, oh, well, the chairs are shitty because you can't even move them. They were like bolted into the ground. It's not comfortable, you know, just you're, you're tight. You, everything's like tight knit and stuff like that. I don't know if you've been to any McDonald's that's been like um, yeah, they, uh, renovated in like the last five years, but like they've, they've completely- McCafe is the thing now. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, wow, like I could actually hang around here and not feel like I'm, you know, gonna get stabbed mm -hmm. or shot or mugged or just, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, like if they could make a game, like GameStop, like a GameStop, like mm -hmm. not like oh, this is we sell video games here and that's all we're doing. And now we got collectibles and now we're trying to do toys and stuff. Mm -hmm. They make it a place to go to kind of socialize, even like have like. You're saying booths or something set up. Seating. People could just hang yes. out. You know, seating of any kind. Yeah, yeah, just like, yeah. yeah just that, other... that would be pretty interesting. Like, make it a destination where you could spend, you know, a few hours uh, and not necessarily shop, but also like spend money on other things. Yeah, yeah that's a good and, idea. And I still feel like there there has to be a way for for them to leverage their used game. You know, because that's the bulk of their business. But like. There has to be a way for them to utilize some kind of like Redbox or Netflix service where you pay some. Or amount. didn't they try to they initiate tried, some? I, yeah, they tried it, and I don't like. They said it didn't work or whatever. But like, just like, how can that not work? Like, yeah. how can that not work? It just seems mm -hmm. like crazy. You know? They just like the thing is, you're giving them twenty bucks, and they're turning around and, pay, and putting like a fifty-five dollar sticker on it. <laughs> like, yeah. you have to cut those margins down. Like you're going to take a hit but if you sell more like if you don't sell if you have three used games that are not selling and then you drop them down to like twenty dollars and you sell those and and you still make 20 bucks on each of them like you're you know you're still making money there even though like oh you wanted more it doesn't matter like mm -hmm. you need to like that you need to move product <laughs> yeah the way to move product is to make it like worth your while to buy those versions instead mm -hmm. and then the other final thing i want i want to really mention is I think if they leverage the stuff that you just can't get anywhere, um, and it's unfortunate because what I'm going to say, Best Buy already jumped on, is something like limited run games where like they're like, hey, these are like indie games that you know printing mass copies of isn't really feasible because you know it, there's too much risk. But printing a, a low run of like you know 10,000, 15, 20,000 copies, we can do that as long as we're guaranteed sales. Uh, there was that opportunity, and Best Buy just came in and swooped it up, and it's just like. Yeah. Now, now they have an exclusive deal, you know, with Best Buy, and it's just like, how the fuck did GameStop, you know, <laughs> people that have been in this business for longer than anybody, like, just let Best Buy just walk in and be like, oh yeah, limited run games, we'll sell your copies of games at stores, like, yeah, yeah, that's a bad, yeah, they they're making bad decisions too, yeah. So it's it's a it's a compilation of things, yeah. but all right. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of the GameCast. Thanks for tuning in. You can write us, podcast at allyoucangeek.net. Follow us on Twitter at allyoucangeek. Like us on Facebook and hit that subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube. Thanks a lot.